Hey, hello again. This is Shane, and this is my podcast, Heart Lines. Now, this is episode seven of my podcast. In this episode, I'll talk about preparing for our life at sea. I'll talk about my first experience of joining a cruise ship, the people I met, the challenges I had to face, the fact that working on a cruise ship gave me the opportunity to travel and work at the same time, and just an overall uh, general picture of what it was like as a first-time crew member on board a cruise ship. I wasn't long home from Scotland and at this time I had to go and get a medical because if you're going to get a job on board a cruise ship you could be away for at least six months of a year and and the company who were going to hire you had to know you were physically fit for six months of continuous work there's no breaks in between and the medical was was very thorough medical I got some blood test drug test hearing test eye test chest x-ray and also had to go and get some travel vaccines because I could be going to many exotic places around the world and you had to be covered hepatitis A B polio stuff like that so there's a lot of things I needed to get before I even considered or, or was even considered to, to work on a cruise ship and this took a little while and once I got everything together I sent it off to the agent and then they I thought it would take a little bit more time just to get a few offers of work it actually didn't take that long the turnaround time was about a week and I remember it was a Friday early February and I I got an email from the agent and and she said that she had a ship in Barbados and can you make it by Sunday? And I was like, ah, it's too short notice. So so I just thought, I'll wait and see if another offer came, comes in. And sure enough, on, on the Monday, an offer came in for Australia. Australia, I was like, okay, Australia's that far away. It was a Monday and I had to join the ship for Sunday. I said, okay, yeah. I said, okay, yeah. I had to go away and, or book a flight and make my way to Sydney, Australia to board the ship in Sydney, Australia. And, and that's it. I, I went away and I... Booked a flight, packed my bags, said, said my goodbyes, and I was on my way flying to Sydney, Australia to board my first cruise ship. But once I got to Sydney, Australia, I have a, a good friend from school uh, that picked me up at the airport. So it made my acclimatization a little bit easier. And I booked an Airbnb downtown, not too far away from Darling Harbour, where, where the ship was actually docked. And I stayed the night there. And I just enjoyed kind of my night with my friend. We had a few drinks. We had a laugh. I didn't think about the next day and what was coming. I just, I just kind of stayed in the moment. And then the next morning I got up as normal, made sure everything was in order, made sure my bag was was packed, everything I needed. Yeah, and I was ready to go. I had all my stuff. I was staying very close to Darling Harbour where, where the ship was docked. So I literally just walked down 10 minutes down to the port. As I, was wa- as I was walking into the port, I noticed this big, massive ship. And that was going to be my home for the next six months. And the name of that ship was called the Explorer of the Seas. Now, I wasn't the only person waiting to board the ship. There was other crew members, returning crew members, waiting to be picked up from, from their department. And also new crew members like myself just waiting to be brought on to the ship. Now, I remember the first few weeks on board, there's a lot going on. There's there's a lot of training. There's a lot of skill training. There's a lot of like ship training, safety training. There's, there's so much going on. And with all that pressure of your training and make sure you get all those kind of skills or skill set up, there's also the pressure at work. So it's a lot to take on. So 
that's I reckon in the first after you get after after you get after one or two weeks on board, it gets easier. It never gets too it's so easy, but it gets easier to manage because it's a different environment. You're coming in from maybe working in a a land based job to a world where it is a new it's a new world you know there's a lot there's a lot more to learn there's a lot there's a lot to learn culturally you know you you might be coming from living in an apartment or a flat where you have a bit more space and you're living in a cabin and you have a bunk bed and i i'm a, i'm a six foot five tall kind of man and i get a top bunk of a bed uh that's it's something else to adapt to a new challenge in your life also on board a cruise ship, there could have been there could be upwards of sixty different nationalities from all over the world. There was over a thousand crew members, and there was probably upwards of three thousand plus guests on board as well. So it's a little world in itself. Also, with regards to different nationalities, we had upwards of sixty nationalities on board for the crew. So the food was different as well. We, like we might have cereals on offer, hot foods for the breakfast or even fruits, or yogurts, or desserts. And then in the afternoon, will be different again. And then in the evening time, will be different again in the in the crew mess where the, where you'd have an, uh, an option of, of different foods. Now, as well as that, what, what, what I was, my living quarters was, was five decks below where I worked. So if you could say, oh, I missed a bus in a job on land, you can't be late on board a cruise ship because you're literally five decks away. So that was never an excuse. Now, my job, I worked for the shop team, or as they call them, the shoppies. And we were basically the duty-free or the, or the shops on board. So we sold everything from jewelry, gift shop goods, bags, accessories, perfume. And I slotted into the liquor store because I had experience. Outside the stores, we had a promenade. We had sales promotions on sea days. It, on sea days as well was always captain's day. So we'd all get dressed up and the evening time the captain would come and meet the guests and he'd go and have dinner in the dining room with all the guests and it was a it was a very very uh, noble kind of time and, and a, a good time to get dressed up and get to see the captain and also on the promenade as well at the end of the cruise there used to always be a 70s party with the cruise staff and the cruise director that was always I was right on my doorstep and you could there was always entertainment or karaoke bar yeah we had a theater there was a there was basketball court there was all sorts there was so much going on it was so much entertainment there was all, even even an ice rink as well uh, on board the cruise ship there was food it, there'd be italian restaurants steakhouse sushi you could do as little as you want you could stay up on decks and get some get your suntan on or you could just go and see what the ship had to offer on board a cruise ship there's many different communities now, for being from Ireland, there wasn't many Irish people working on board. For me, the most people I worked with was three people. There was an Irish girl from Wexford and there was a piano bar man from Ireland as well. Within those communities, they had their own friends as well. So I I was social with them, but I, I, I tried to find my own kind of friends as well. And with that, I ended up doing lots of activities. So I remember doing one activity. It was on top deck. It was on where the basketball court is up on outer decks and i joined a group who were playing cricket on the basketball court and that was fun trying to keep the ball down so it didn't get go off the ship was was a, a trick in itself also a good place to go and, and socialize was the crew bar now for me initially in the crew bar i found that i found it quite a daunting experience if i didn't know anybody in the bar but i did make friends with some some of the, sh- uh, the guys that worked in the shops and one of, one of my close friends was Danilo, a Chilean guy. And he's very social. We used to always go for a drink 
and just have a laugh. Now, I was determined before going on board not to, you know, meet anybody and just kind of be be a single guy and just have fun and just have and just just have my own fun and, and not get with anybody because I heard my friend who told me before that like it's easy to get a relationship on board because it can be quite lonely. Now, after five weeks on board, uh, a girl, a photographer uh, signed on and I became friendly with this girl. And I was I was happy to stay friends. And then we, we used to have crew parties. And then I made the move and, and I kissed her that night. And that started a relationship for me on board the cruise ship. And when you think about relationships on board a cruise ship, there's two types. There's one where you get with them for the contracts and then they're just like they're, they're a girlfriend or a boyfriend for the contract. Or you can choose to stay with them long term. And I chose the latter. So kept me sane as well like as i said it can be quite lonely but also uh, I, the crew parties were really fun as well because you get to meet and have uh, fun with, with your fellow crew members now once the drinks were flowing at, at the crew parties and everyone was having fun and dancing also you never forgot where you were like sometimes after a crew party there would be an all crew drill so you'd be having a good night and you'd be making sure you know you you enjoy the drinks and and the festivities but the next morning You'd be up at nine, ten o'clock in the morning, listening out for their announcements. So you'd be always kind of on, on call, always ready for action. And this was just a, these were the crew drills in case of emergency. We'd have to go to our stations and show the guests uh, where to go to leave the ship. So we knew wh- where we were, but we were always kept on our toes with those, those sneaky crew drills. But that's the way it is. Safety was very paramount on board a cruise ship. Now, another day that stood out for me was Embarkation Day. Now, Embarkation Day was when the previous guests were leaving from the previous cruise and then new guests were coming on board. Now, for for me and working in the shops, it was always busy because we'd get deliveries in. We'd make sure the shop was ready for the next cruise. And we were doing cruises that were going like 10, 11, 12, 13-day cruises from Australia to New Zealand. And I didn't get I didn't get off. I didn't get to see Australia too much uh, when I was in port. When I was in when I, when I we traveled to New Zealand, I went to see Auckland. Got to see lovely little city Auckland in the North Island of New Zealand, and I got to see Rangitito Island, which is like a volcanic kind of island off Auckland. Went to Wellington and ah, Napier. Uh, Napier for me felt like like a, a town from the 1930s or or in that kind of era. And when we arrived there, there was like a vintage car festival going on, so it kind of it was fitting to the actual town vibe that was was trying to give off and also Picton was one of my favorite places to go it was just on it was on the north end of the south island and of new zealand and it was just like a it was like a harbor town or close to a harbor town and it was like there was like little ships and little boats coming in and out very very relaxed kind of place and also dunedin as well we went to dunedin once and dunedin is actually they called the edinburgh of the south and it was it was a good scottish influence down down the the south uh, on the south island now, on the Australia to New Zealand route, we used to actually we used to go to different uh, islands in the South Pacific, and one island we went to was was called the Isle of Pines. And after a hard day's work, there's nothing more refreshing than going to a beach, and that's what essentially what it was. And it was on a tender, and a tender is essentially where you get off the ship and you jump on a smaller boat, and it brings you to the land, and you just used to chill there, just go to the beach and just jump in the water for a bit, and forget about whatever was going on the ship, and then go back on and. Get get back to work. And another thing we used to do as well, we used to do we done. A, I remember going. We went on one shorter tour, shorter cruise to Tasmania, which is it's owned by Australia, and it's basically it's a little island south of Australia. And we I went to see this little 
prison. It was called Port Arthur. And back in the day, English used to send all convicts. Now, you didn't have to do much, really. There was petty criminals, people who stole a loaf of bread. And they'd be sent about five, six weeks on a, on a boat to Van Diemen's Land or Tasmania. And this place called Port Arthur. And they'd, they'd serve out a, a prison sentence there. And by the time they got there, there they wouldn't actually try to leave. Or if they tried to leave, they were, it was surrounded by a river. There was hungry dogs and there was like there was also like guards as well so it wasn't worth their while trying to escape so it was so far away from civilization they were they were bewildered it was very interesting the way english of the time used to they used to kind of they used to imprison people but it was like imprison in their mind because they could escape if they really wanted it but they didn't you know so it was very interesting going to port arthur in tasmania now on on a cruise ship it's ever-changing Guests are changing, crew are changing, even itineraries change. And it was coming towards the end of our summer season in Australia. And we were repositioning. So we were going to move the ship from Sydney, Australia to Seattle, Washington. It's a 24 day at sea cruise and it's called the crossing and this uh, before before I went to the crossing, I some crew members were telling of their experiences and like how to manage it because it's a long time to be at sea. Yeah, the Australian guests were were quite fun for me. I I dealt with a lot of them in the in the liquor store, so it was a lot. They were very fun and they were always like gregarious and 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 good laugh. But what if what I was told that for, on the crossing the guests would change completely because they're not. I mean, the fun guests they just want they're just on a, a long cruise and and kind of it's going to be a different energy. So we had to prepare ourselves like mentally for the crossing. So. Once we set sail, it was towards, it was April 23rd, it was towards the end of April, and we were going to go 24 days across, so a few stopovers along the way, we'd go to a few of the islands I was talking about, and we would, after about a few days at sea, we, 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 we stopped in Fiji, in Suva, which is the capital of Fiji, and we had an overnight there, so it was great, so we, we broke up the, the journey by having a two-day, uh, a day a day stopover in Fiji, so before we got off on any port and especially like ports we don't know we'd always get in our safety briefing to say you know be careful out there you know you're you're in a place you don't know and we 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 let we, we took all the advice and we we went and we got a group of us together and we we ended up staying in a, a villa and we could even from where we were we could actually see the ship so we were we were safe in the mind we weren't too far away we knew the ship wasn't going away any going anywhere on us next day we, we made our way and uh, we got back in the ship and we set sail for our next part of our journey and next part of our journey was a six days at sea and i can i, I think this is what we were kind of getting ready for because six days at sea we'd never really done like that long a, a time at sea it should be two one one two days at sea max so it was a lot a big change for all of us and that's what we had to prepare ourselves for so for the guests as well because we could keep them entertained so we had like a fashion show on the promenade uh, for the crew they had like like a burger day, ice cream day. We had like a crew party. I even took up smoking cigars because it just just to take the edge off because it was a lot a lot of days at sea. As much as the the crew were were finding it challenging, so were the guests as well. So everyone wanted to make it over the six days and get to our next port of call. And as we as we were going through the six days, we hit the international date line. If you don't know what the international date line is, it's basically a point in the Pacific ocean where depending which which way you're coming if you're coming from the west to the east you gain a day 
So we gained a day on the calendar. So we had two uh, early Mays. It was like very surreal. And also the international dateline, it's not actually visible. And we had some guests saying they actually couldn't see the international dateline. For six days at sea, we arrived in Honolulu, Hawaii. So that was something to look forward to. We got to Honolulu, Hawaii. So we, we stayed most of the day in, in Honolulu. And the next port to call was Lahaina in Maui. Again, it was a tender, so there was no docking station. We dropped anchor. We got the tenders or the boats to and from mainland. And in Lahaina, basically, it was a stopover. So there was no real restriction on um, on when we had to be back on the ship, as long as we made it for when the ship was setting sail. And before the guest was always the key. We always had to get on before the guest uh, got on the ship. Now, Lahaina was a cool place. It was very chill. We just having some fun. We'd gone off the ship. Like any crew member would, just wanted to have a bit of a laugh whilst we were in port. What I found was the the police came later on the night and they, they sent a lot of the crew members back on board the ship because they weren't prepared for so many crew members and they thought crew members would be a problem. But really, crew members, out of anyone really, crew members would have the least amount of problem because there's a lot more at stake for a crew member versus someone who comes up the street and causes trouble. And after our final port, we ended up making our way towards Seattle, Washington, and that would be our home port for what would be our American summer. And this is going to be a little bit different because we'd be doing we'd be doing seven day cruises from Seattle, Washington, our home port to Alaska. And we would stop off in different ports along the way. We'd go to Victoria, which is like off the coast of British Columbia. And as Victoria has, strangely enough, has, a, has an Irish connection. There was an Irish souvenir store. I, I never really got an answer for why there was an, an Irish souvenir store so far away from Ireland. Now, I want to talk about Alaska, but really, for me, Alaska needs its own kind of segment. So I'm going to talk about that later on in, in more detail. But I'll talk about what happened on board in for Alaska because I can see I can see the 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 appeal of some guests wanting to whenever you hear people saying, Oh, you have been to Alaska. Well, Alaska has an appeal because it's not like you're you know, you're going to the beaches and you're getting, you know, the heat. It's a lot more like you get more scenic beauty, especially on board. As we were as we were cruising up to Alaska, we passed by glaciers, and whenever we were on board, the, the captain would come on board and say there was like a, a school of whales, like on the starboard, which is the right hand side of the ship. The the guests would always be enthusiastic. We want to see all this because it's it's nature at its finest. Also on board, we, we we'd have sails up on open deck early in the morning to the guests as they were taking pictures of the glacier as we were passing by the glaciers and my uh, the ma- the manager at the time who for me he drove me a lot like he 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 drove me to be a better a better worker and his name was Douglas and he was from Australia himself one of the best managers in the company and he he taught me like how to be more motivated he gave me more autonomy he he let me like take over to the liquor store and i, I got some successes now we used to have uh, events committees so to see what social activities or sporting activities were coming coming up on board we also had a food committee and don't ever mix them up and um, one time i did because one time we were talking about events and i brought up the food and one of the things we were talking about was bananas that was we need more bananas in the crew mess and the captain was was actually at this particular uh, meeting and he wasn't very happy. He was like, we don't talk about bananas or food in the events committee. So uh, mm, he, he wasn't very happy. And literally we were in port. He probably could have walked me off the ship right there. So it was a lesson learned all the same. 
Now, as Seattle was my home port, I did get to see Seattle a few times. I got, I was a tourist a few times. I went to the Space Needle. I also checked out the EMP or the Museum of Pop Culture. And most of the time, just getting off to buy food and just necessities, you know, toiletries, stuff like that. And also during the American summer in particular, or the Alaskan summer, I was doing a lot of port manning. Now, Port Manning, basically a percentage of the crew members have a card that doesn't allow them to get off certain ports just as a safety precaution in case some guests are on board. So I got that card. So on a rotation, even in Australia as well, I had the Port Manning card. That way I couldn't leave the ship. So I just rest or do my laundry or whatever. But as it was coming to the end of the season, we were moving away from Alaska and we were going to go do a couple of cruises down south. We were heading down towards uh, Oregon and California. And we went, uh, we went to Astoria, which is in Oregon. And if you don't know, it's where the Goonies was filmed. There you go. Fun fact. Also went to Santa Barbara for one time. And we also done two stops in San Francisco. First time we had two days. Next time I was Port Manning, so I couldn't actually leave. So I had to, I had to stay on board the ship because unless I could find someone who would swap a card with me, I, I couldn't. I, I think I swapped a card for a short time and then I had to go back on board. So at that time, I just kind of stayed on board and just kind of kept a low profile and just got on with it, you know. So I enjoyed San Francisco. It was good to see San Francisco at least once. First time in San Francisco was was great because we actually done this thing uh, with the manager, Douglas, again. He Again, he was always up for good team activities so we've done this thing called the amazing race now if you ever heard the amazing race basically you're 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 dropped into a city in this in this case was san francisco and you have clues and you have to go around the city and find different clues or take pictures uh, with team or of different things so we got our our clues we had team a team b and we, we we ran around the city and it was probably the hottest day ever in san francisco so we got to see san francisco you wouldn't normally see we had to go to chinatown we had to make our own fortune cookie and in the fortune cookie we had to say team a or team b wins and then once we uh, arrived at the bar with all our clues and all our pictures taken and he said team a or team b wins and we were the first team to arrive we won 200 and he had 200 dollars in his hand and we just we shared it amongst everybody we had a we had a few drinks and some food and it was a good experience now by the time i signed off in october i had actually extended my contract for the best part of two months so october 8 2016 i was signing off the ship and it was time to go home and have some vacation and take some rest and make a decision on the next contract so i hope you like what you hear so far guys my name is shane this podcast is heartlines if you did like what you hear and you want to listen back to other episodes you can go on itunes spotify stitcher google play and you can subscribe you can download and i hope you enjoy what you hear guys take it easy thank you